0: guys, welcome to all my favorite people. My name is Grace Kathy, and I'm your host. And today I have two of my favorite people with me, Jacob Duncan and Daniel Das. Welcome to the podcast.
1: What's up? What's up, what's up?
0: <laughs> so um, I work with both of these guys. Um, Jacob's actually my best friend and Daniel, we ride a lot together, whether it's for work or fun or anything, you know, and we're all kind of close. We just realized that before we got here, like you live like right down the road, so. Yo um, close proximity, but, um, we all work together with the worship ministry at our church and I'm excited you guys are here. You want to tell a little bit about yourself?
2: Thanks. Yeah. Jacob, go for it. Yeah. Um, I'm Jacob. as she said, I've been living in middle Tennessee for probably about 10 years now. Um, as soon as I moved here, got involved with new vision right out the gate. Um, it's just the church that my whole family attended. Um, Been serving with them pretty consistently on the worship team uh, for most of all of that time. And yeah, got involved with the staff about a year ago now. Really enjoying that. I'm a music director. So just having fun. New experiences. Me Mm -hmm. as a friend is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 For sure. Yeah. For sure. For sure. (laughs) Friend bonus. Yes. Yes.
1: the Daniel? Well, uh, I was, uh, grew up in Martin, Tennessee, West Tennessee, Northwest Tennessee, and uh, my dad was in ministry and minister music. My mom was piano player, music teacher at the local primary school, K through two, and went kindergarten through college in Martin, and went into ministry when I was in college, and was music and youth director, and that that was exciting and hard and weird, and awesome all at the same time and just been a ministry all these years and been doing traveling doing music stuff producing writing like songwriting stuff like that and been doing that for a long time went to new vision i guess about 15 years ago to do uh, like a concert thing and then a couple two three years later came back did another one and there was a new sanctuary that was built then i came back three years later and there was another new sanctuary that was built <laughs> that's the one we're in now and so I've always had a relationship with New Vision over the years, but six years ago, I came on just kind of as being a worship leader on Sunday mornings. And uh, so I've been doing that for six years, and I also get to travel and stuff like that during the week. So,
2: yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I got involved there at New Vision. So yeah. you've been doing it just a little bit longer than I have. I've been doing it a year, you've been doing it for most of your life most of our lives actually (laughs)
1: most of y'all's lives wow that's yeah i'm I'm old you're welcome i can't see it there's gray in my beard and my hair so that's all right i've earned it i've earned it you have for sure you're young at heart though yeah there you go yeah yeah i got booked to do like three youth camps next year i'm like why are they still calling me don't they know i'm like 45 and going through midlife
2: crisis all the time. do you
0: still jump and no, do all the things. No,
2: Got to no. send them a the headshot so they see the gray beard. And they're like, <laughs> yeah,
0: like you know,
1: we've we've been thinking. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: No. Just do the like, the Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about?
1: Slightly yes.
0: Yeah, he's like, this feels oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, that's, that's you. Felt,
1: that felt nice. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: me. So Daniel, you've used your gifts inside the church walls, leading congregations, but also outside of the church as an artist and songwriter. So in that inside the church, outside the church? How have you seen the Lord work in both of those places?
1: Well, you know, in the church, like I think what people that don't work in ministry, what they don't understand is what all goes into being in ministry, specifically in working with people. Um, The the tendency is to see worship teams on stage and see what they do and be like, ask the question, what do you do with the rest of your time? You know, (laughs) like, and usually the question implies you don't have anything to do you know like yeah. do you have a real job <laughs> things like that
0: oh you're and, full-time right? oh, all the time
1: <laughs> so what do you do if you're full-time you know yeah you know i think that's a, that's a general tendency people think of but what they don't understand is you know it's it's not you're not just music directing a service for a you know a, an hour-long thing like you're you're thinking about the care of those that mm-hmm. are on stage with you you're you know you are concerned with them and they you know in just a caring way and in a spiritual way you're and so um ministry is that it's ministry it's not simply performing a song or a creating a service plan and making it happen mm-hmm. so there's a weight to it you know yeah. and and i think that's what a misconception there that it, there, or just if you've never done it you don't really get that until you're like oh okay I, like i need to be kind of a shepherd of sorts to people that i'm leading and just be uh, and care for them, and so, you know, in the church, as you lead, um, it's it's incredible watching people develop spiritually, and and what we do musically. Um, mm-hmm. I remember in particular there was a guitar player who, he was a guitar student at Austin P, and in Clarksville, and he played classical guitar, and he played like growing up played kind of like metal guitar, like rock guitar. But then in our worship ministry, we didn't really play that style. And he knew that, he got that. But he, I had him play guitar, but I paired him up with another guitar player who played very much our style. And and he had a lot of guitar licks and had some also classic guitar kind of licks. And it was really cool watching this young man learn like a sponge from this older dude. And he wasn't much older, but he just had more experience with that music. Yeah. And watching him develop as a player, he, he went from being like kind of a rhythm, electric guitar player with not great tone to like he became my my guitar player in my band that we traveled and toured yeah and I just got to baptize him and we just became friends over the years and and that was that was just a beautiful thing and in ministry getting to see people develop spiritually and music ministry to develop musically that's just that's really what it's all about and in in church ministry that's what you're focused on and ministry outside of the church you know it's more of a i'll go into a place for a week for a camp and i'll get to meet students and or i'll go for one night and really kind of meet people where they are and uh, and give a concert or something like that and it's really it's a beautiful thing to get to do that and i enjoy that very much um however i would say being in the church watching people grow over time is incredible so yeah. i love that
0: Yeah. That's so cool. And I think, I think one thing like working in ministry that a lot of people don't necessarily realize is just how much time is taken just worrying about the volunteers and like caring for them and thinking, who can I pair up this person with to help them grow? You know, like always helping them like develop, especially in our area, you know? Um, But Jacob, you were someone that grew up playing in the church from a younger age. So Mm -hmm. as you've seen yourself grow and the church grow um, during this time, like, how do you think that's changed? Like from, you were what, 14 when you started? Yeah. Or something, and now you're 25. Mm -hmm. So how have you seen yourself grow, the church grow, like as a volunteer to someone on staff?
2: Yeah. I think um, for me individually, um, you know, (laughs) Personally, when I initially started serving, it was really just out of a general interest of music. I was, I wouldn't say I was the closest to the Lord at that time, um, but the Lord always has different plans, no matter what our plans were. He uh, really used that time to draw me close to Himself and shape me spiritually, and He placed a lot of people around me in that time within New Vision, uh, who he used to, to help shape my faith and draw me close to him, all the things, and giving me these godly examples around me of uh, what it meant to follow Christ and uh, mm-hmm. what it means to follow Christ. And I think, um, yeah, my, my motives definitely changed. Obviously, like you said, practically, my musical ability has grown exponentially. Um, and that's just being from being steeped in it. and always doing it consistently, dedicating myself to wanting to serve. Um, and yeah, I think it, it really has developed a, a yearning and a desire in me to want to build up younger players who were in that same position that I was in when I started when I was 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, wow. Wanting to be that for them, mm-hmm. what those people were for me that, that long ago. and. Um, yeah, it's a beautiful thing that God invites us into to be able to uh, watch people experience the same transformation and life change that you experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we all serve the same Savior, the same Lord, and it's mm-hmm. it's just a really fun thing. Um, and it's it's a it's an honor and a privilege. And then I think, in terms of the church growing, I think uh, you know. I've kind of seen different ministries go through ebbs and flows. Um, like right now, our student ministry is exploding. Yeah. And it's, we're seeing a move of God in a really profound way. Um, but it wasn't always that way. And I think that's with any ministry within the church is there's gonna be good seasons and bad seasons, but you uh, you ride it out because you know God's so faithful and He can move in spite of whatever happens in this mm-hmm. world. Um, So not so much permanent changes, but you know, seasonal Mm -hmm. different things happening, good and bad, just Mm -hmm. kind of rolling with it, pressing on, just keeping it moving. Yeah. Yeah.
0: When you guys were younger and you were serving in the church, whether it was with your dad or in children's ministry or whatever, did you ever think that you would be working in ministry one day or doing this like more than you were doing then? Like, more than just the showing up for the service, playing, and then heading out, doing the behind the scenes and things like that? If so, when did you notice that? And if not, when do you think that turned for you?
1: You know, when I was in high school, I was at a summer camp, and I felt like God was calling me into ministry. Mm-hmm. And and so I just kind of said yes. I didn't know what that was into, into specifically. Yeah. I figured it was into... It um, would probably be music, but I didn't know. I remember I wrestled with, I uh, went out to lunch with my pastor, and you know I was I was struggling with me saying yes to ministry is that saying the no to a music career type thing, mm-hmm. and and so it was interesting, you know, processing that with him because I always thought I would do music, you know, mm-hmm. and I had this girl in my math class. I would show up and I would not have studied. And I don't know why she had compassion on me, but she would tutor me on what the quiz was about to be about, and then at the same time she would scold me for not studying, and and it would usually end up with a question of, what are you gonna do with your life? You know that kind of thing. And, Hopefully and, not math. I said. <laughs> it'll probably be music. She was like, what if it doesn't work out? I said, then it'll probably be music in a different way. You know, like (laughs) probably music. And you know, it's, it's funny. Um, you know, she was, she was right. You know, I needed to hear that. She was very much a parent, like to me though, a peer, Mm. she's very mature, but, and I, I thank God for her. I think my teacher resented her because she saw her doing it every time and I would end up doing pretty decent on the It's because of her. (laughs) And so anyway, thank you, Tosin. That's her name, Tosin. I appreciate that. If you ever hear this, um, but anyway, you know, I, when I said yes, I feared to be in music. Um, I I didn't know what it would look like, you know, like even Sunday, I mentioned from the stage, we were talking about how God is the same God. And I, I just, I said, you know, when I said yes to ministry and music ministry, ultimately I figured I'd have a hundred people standing behind me with choir robes on, mm-hmm. you know, and an orchestra, you know, and you know. But things change; music changes. Some churches still do that, but not nearly as many as it 25 years ago. Right. Uh, when in the ministry and watching what my dad did, he did that, and so, you know, as things have changed, I didn't I didn't think it would look like this. I, if you'd have told me in high school you're going to be holding a guitar, leading worship, I'd be like, I don't even play guitar, you know, <laughs> and. So it's things have changed, but here's the thing, people are people, ministry is ministry. And and so we use the tools that God has called us into, into the season, into the, with the people he's called us into. And so um, yeah, so I'd imagine it'd be like this, but it is
2: and I'm I'm loving it. So yeah, yeah. yeah I think um, yeah, I I'd say within the past four or five years I specifically felt a call of ministry. I think for me it was always I thought I'd be doing music as well just because it's what I was good at and that's what I was really interested in and had a passion for and so I was um, honing my skills in that way Um, but again the Lord had bigger plans for me than just that and he um, I never could imagine that it would be what it is now and I would be doing it full time and getting to help other people hone their skills to Mm -hmm. glorify the Lord um, rather than just ourselves or you know just to make money um so yeah, I think it uh, it has definitely evolved and uh, does not look at all what I could have imagined it to be. Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but um, when I was in fourth grade, I, we went to New Vision when I was little before we moved to Alabama for a while. And um, I remember standing in the balcony. I don't even know which worship center we were in. It wasn't the one we're in now, it was one of the other ones. But I remember like watching them on stage and I was like, I want to be up there one day thinking it was like getting to be like Hannah Montana, like on the stage, you know. Um, and then I moved to Alabama and I was the only person in our youth group that was musical oh, wow. and they found that out. And so I would hop up there and like lead worship every once in a while. Um, and I just ate it up because I was like, I'm on the stage. And then the older I got, the more I hated being in front of people, you know, and I was like this is weird, you know? Um, But then I moved back and it was like the opposite thing. Like, I did not want to get up there. I did not want to audition. I was like, no. And God was like, yes. And I was Mm. like, no. (laughs) Like, it just like freaked me out. And finally I was like sitting in our now worship center in the balcony watching them. And as I was watching, um, I felt like the Lord was like, why are you not auditioning? Like, Mm. you need to audition now. And I just like felt that switch, but I still didn't know why I was doing it. And actually it wasn't until me and Jacob talked Mother's Day of like 2019 I don't even know if you remember this but we were like playing Mother's Day and I was like yeah I think I want to intern but I had no clue why and he's like do you want to work in ministry I was like I don't know he's like just ask Pam and I was like sure and then I did and then now I'm working here but like I didn't realize it until like way later like after my first semester interning, I went to Pam and I was like, I don't know why I'm here, but I don't want to leave. And I still had no clue what I was doing. I just knew I enjoyed it. But like as an eighth grader, I picked my major after reading a Brad Paisley book. (laughs) It was (laughs) called Diary of a Player. And he said he went to Belmont for music business and I didn't go to Belmont, but I was like, that's what I'm doing. And like, I'm like very one track minded, like when I think of something like that. So like all of college, I was like, I'm going to work for songwriters. I'm going to work for songwriters. And then God was like, Mm. and then I was like, I can't do that in ministry, but I can. And like we get to do it now That's with our amazing. songwriting, which is really cool. So it's cool to see how the Lord's like using like our gifts in different ways and c- calling us into ministry at different times, whether we realize it or not. So Jacob, we have a very important question for you that mm-hmm. everybody wants to know. What do the letters MD stand for? Can you explain what that is to
2: the people? MDS doctor. Right? MD,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You're very yeah. smart. Uh, doctor music. Yeah. <laughs> Um, MD stands for music director and basically what that is is um, during a service I'm the person talking to the band guiding them through a service I usually have a computer next to me Um, might look like I'm checking my email but I promise I'm doing something musical Uh, but uh, uh, it's it's really the, the purpose of the computer is to just Play the pre-recorded tracks that we play along to. They kind of help supplement the band, make it sound more like it would on a record, um, and that also keeps us together as a band. Um, it's a way we're playing to a click as well, so um, it's keeping us in time, keeping us in the right section of the song, making sure we know where we're going. Um, yeah. I'll also have a microphone that only the band can hear. No one in the congregation can hear. That uh, it is solely for me to just guide the band, tell them where we're going next in the song, give them direction, um, hence the name music director. Um, And so, uh, yeah, just kind of directing the band almost like a composer would in an orchestra. Um, And Daniel and I have talked through the worship set beforehand. I know exactly what he wants to do. but I'm kind of acting as the middleman between him and the band so that he doesn't have to worry about uh, guiding the band. He can focus on leading the congregation in worship. Um, It just kind of frees him up a little bit and allows him to be able to do that.
1: Yeah.
0: Something that not many people know is the MD has like the most power out of anybody on stage because they're Mm -hmm. the only one that's mic can go to everybody Mm -hmm. and not go to the crowd. So you can say whatever you want in there. And no one would know but us.
1: That's true. So, it's true. Yep. Also, the, y'all put a microphone for the drummer.
0: The drummer. Yeah. Oh, gosh. And there's a
1: couple drummers that kind of feel their oats when they're yeah. back there. They think oh, yeah. they yeah. We're kind of regretting it. They, they're like, hey, guys, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. I'm like, oh mute Kevin up. was on it the other night.
0: And I just gave him a look at one point. I'm like, bro, stop talking about these people out in the congregation. And I was like, it was like right before we started leading, and I was like, I can't do this right now. He was like pointing people out in the crowd. I was like, please stop. But yeah yeah you also make all the charts and I do, I do, and you yeah. make tracks and things like that so yeah. that is your day-to-day
2: yeah yeah another part of it is just supplying the band with resources to be able to yeah. prepare for whatever service they're serving in mm.
0: and instrument equipment them. upkeep and stuff
2: yeah yeah there's some maintenance things and making sure everything's ready for upcoming services mm. band wise and equipment wise mm-hmm. and All the things.
0: Yeah. Teach me the parts of the drum for the like 20,000th time. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. I cannot get it to save my (laughs) life. It's so bad. Um, So you guys were talking about collabing a lot. So when you collab as MD and worship leader, how does that impact your worship team that you're leading? I know you said middleman. Yeah. Like, how does that serve your team?
1: Well, the best thing we can do for our team is to be on the same page and have everything Ready, like and like know where we're going, what we're doing. The, the times when we haven't communicated well, it makes it bad for everybody else. So, <laughs> yeah. that's our job as you know we are paid staff. So we, you know, our job is to help set everyone else up well,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and our volunteers that you know they're they're volunteering, they're giving their time. Mm-hmm. So, we do our best to uh, be on the same page. Number one, mm-hmm. and then. Uh, Jacob has a lot of execution he has to do beforehand, not just during, you know, like you just mentioned, charts, yeah. tracks, making sure, you know, the, the precarious situation that he's in is understanding the different um, skill sets of each player. Mm-hmm. You know, like one player might be more of a beginner than another, might be an expert, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just the the nature of dealing of working with volunteers is, right. you know, you when you have a culture like this, you're going to have people at different levels. It's not like we're... You know we don't um, staff every band position. It's not like that. Some churches do. We don't, and and I love that, and because it gives a lot of different people an opportunity to be a part of it, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's a beautiful thing. But that makes what Jacob does that much more vital and important, mm-hmm. and harder because he has to understand some things um, about different players. And so, and, and you do a great job with that, Jacob. So. Thank you. he's you're really doing it a year, you've you've grown a lot. You're doing wonderful. So, it's it's a blessing to have you up there. I, for years, I, I fought to get you to get an MD, and it was you. And I'm thankful. So thanks, for but I you know it's it's very important. We're on the same page, um, and my my job in that is more. I need to make sure that whatever we page we're on, I'm ready to lead that. Yeah. And so, yeah. my role, my job, and my joy really is to prepare the music, yes, prepare the notes, prepare the words, those things, but to prepare my heart more than anything. Because yeah. I need to be able to settle into a moment in the presence of God and be able to lead people to on a, take them on a journey to a place. Mm-hmm. And, and to do that, I have to know what's going on. I, I can't, you know, the only, you know, it might seem like I'm flying by the seat of my pants sometimes in what I say, <laughs> but... I don't prepare a script, yeah. I prepare my heart. Mm-hmm. And if my heart is there, then I can hear the Holy Spirit speak to me and speak through me and lead the mm-hmm. room. And what Jacob does makes it so much easier for me to focus on the congregation in the moment mm-hmm. to where I'm not like, oh man, I hope we get that. No, I'm like, hey Jacob, make sure we get these. He's like, yeah, I got it. So mm-hmm. it's so helpful. So anyway, that's that's my perspective. Okay. Yeah,
2: okay. yeah. I think. One thing I've always appreciated just from getting to work with you in the past year is um, the times where we'll think we have this the set to live by and you say, I just need to sit with a little more and I need to i can tell you you're definitely wanting to let it marinate in your own in your own spirit and that's something I've always really valued. I can tell when you're still mulling it over and and uh, yeah, that takes more time but it's it's worth it in the end because it's mm-hmm. uh, it's like you said you're you're equipping your heart you're, you're getting your heart involved in the process you're not just picking songs out of thin air and saying all right we'll do these these will do um, but you're like you said being prayerful and being ready and expectant for the Lord to move through mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. making sure that is the top of the list when you're preparing yourself so Thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I apologize
1: that that puts you <laughs> not on not the clock. All. Not
2: at Because I, I get
1: that. That's I feel the pressure of like, because yeah. yeah. you, your job is to equip the volunteers. And the, yeah. the sooner the better, I get that. Yeah. But uh, I, I appreciate that you appreciate that. Yeah, we, well, let me speak so. that.
2: I, I, I think it, it challenges me in some ways, because at first I can get anxious about those things. But then it reminds me very quickly, that it's not about how much you prepare it's how much you pray about it how much mm. you prepare your heart not mm. so much preparing logistically you know yeah. um, because the lord can move in spite of those things and he's going to move in spite of those things and sometimes that's not the most important part mm. if we're not ready spiritually so mm.
1: that's so true
2: you've, you've uh you've challenged me in a lot of ways with that
1: well cool man well yeah you know I was at this church uh, where we were multi-site we had to where like we had we were sending we'd have the preacher at our, our campus we'd send the signal out to like seven other campuses mm-hmm. and it was a live thing and it was only like a two minute delay and so I had to make sure that our sets were no longer than 14 minutes mm-hmm. yeah. and so and it was it was affecting a lot of people if, if we went over and so and so I just got a little too, like, I remember one day the, the set, like the time of each song lined up to where it was 14.00 perfectly. And I was like, <laughs> I like stood up, I like ran around. I was like, yo, this is awesome. And then I was like, this is messed up. Yeah. This is messed yeah. up. Like I, I was like, My, I'm happy that this is lining up perfectly on paper. You know, but I, I think my our priorities might be a bit out of whack. You know, yeah. uh, and not focusing as much on the heart. Not that it's not important to honor, right? But it's just uh, you got to make sure you keep things in check because we're we're the same way. We we are mindful of time. Yeah. You know, but not quite as much. We we kind of have an idea of here's kind of what we're shooting for. If it's a little more, a little less, that's that's fine. And, and, and Brady's been real, uh, Pastor Brady's been really flexible on that and been really mm-hmm. cool about that, and which is unique. And, uh, and right. I, even today we're in a meeting and talking about time. And, and, I, and I just said, I appreciate the desire to have a moment in worship versus mm-hmm. having a schedule that we're on. Right. And, and that's, that's, that comes from the pastor. You know, yeah. that's, it always does. And so any pressure you're ever gonna feel on that is gonna come from the senior pastor. So right. anyway.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think even like today in that meeting that you were talking about, like just being reminded, like, yes, you have timing for programming. And that's also something that people don't understand. Like I do the baptisms at church and Mm -hmm. they don't realize like we have a cap of two for the first two services, just to make sure that services not go over and stuff, not saying we don't want you to get baptized, but it's a, we want to make sure that you get the proper time, you know, to be able to celebrate you and celebrate that you're going public with your faith, that we don't want to rush it. And so we have, like, two per service except for the last one. But, you know, talking about worship specifically, I think it's cool that it does come from the pastor, that the pastor, like, values that. Because you were even saying today, like, some pastors don't value it as much, you know, or they don't see, like, the need for doing X number of worship songs. Or they're like, and let's just cut this or something. But, um having something from a pastoral vision like that to come down and then having a team that is equipped and flexible enough to be like, yeah, let's go with this or something is really big. And I think that comes down to, you know, like the mashups that we've been doing that you guys have been doing so well at the little medleys y'all do. Precious. Props. I can't really snap right now, but <laughs> <That's fine. laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, I've had a lot of people come up recently and they're like, this is just really cool, like how we've been doing it. You know, and it's mm-hmm. cool to see like other ministries that I work with specifically being like, hey, can we do what we did in Sunday worship where we like put these two songs together? Can we do something like that with our That's our cool. event coming up and stuff, you know? So, yeah. It's a little trick
1: it, of the trade. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've taken some of y'all's mashups and students. Yes. As yeah. As, so yeah. it's cool. It helps with time. And sometimes, you know... I've seen places where it's gotten distracting
0: yeah where it's
1: like okay what's you know but if it can add to and it's natural Mm -hmm. you know then i I think it works but for us it's a practical standpoint you know the the desire from pastor is that we have three songs a feeling of three songs Mm -hmm. and so a mashup is required in order to honor the time of the day so but it's it's not just because it's cool yeah Yeah. it is yeah right yeah Sometimes, it is cool, but... <laughs> it is cool, but yeah, it's yeah. just the honor of that time. But yeah. And then that's the challenge, is to create moments within the allotted amount of time. Yeah. And that's where heart comes in um, to where you really have to be aware of the room and what's happening mm-hmm. in the year and the journey you're going on, like in mm-hmm. the direction of the lyric, lyrical content, the musical direction, how it ebb and flow, you know, um, can, mm-hmm. can really add to or detract mm-hmm. from service even tempo like making sure your tempo changes during the service because it can get so monotonous like you can do three up songs and it just feels like flat yeah you didn't go anywhere you got to start somewhere and end somewhere um so i one thing i enjoy doing is every once in a while starting with a mid or a slow song and then kicking straight into an up song that's a blast because it kind of it gets people out of this like expectation of like, Oh, here's the up song. All right. Here's the mid song. All right. Here's the worshipful song, you know, it gets yeah. to bust them out of that. And so I like to change that up.
0: Keep them um, on their toes. Yeah. 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 So. yeah. Speaking of like the lyrics and looking at all of that and all the elements that go into doing a service, how important is it, would y'all say in, in your minds to have a good relationship with your production team? Cause I've seen it be something that's like a huge benefit you mm-hmm. know like having that open communication and
2: yeah well I think conducting a service um, with multiple teams involved takes a lot of trust mm-hmm. um, and just like <clears throat> with any relationship it's built upon trust and it's no different when you're when you're conducting a service you have to trust the people on the other teams have done the work and have put in the time and dedication to make the service the best it can be and that they're gonna hold up their end while you hold up your end. Um, And so, yeah, I think like it's like any other relationship It's 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 built on trust, it's built on spending time with those people, doing it on a regular basis. 100%, yeah.
1: Yeah. You know, I equate it to a football team Mm -hmm. and I like football, but it actually is a great illustration because you have 11 people on a field and you have people up in the uh, stands or on the sideline all speaking into this one moment, and they all have very unique roles
2: yeah.
1: and very unique abilities, you mm-hmm. know? And I equate the production team to a line, the offensive line. Mm-hmm. And the offensive line, you don't know their names. <laughs> people in general, unless you're a super fan, mm-hmm. you know, super fans will know, like, super fans will know, like, oh yeah, that's left guard you know, Mike Smith, he weighs 320. He played at Syracuse, you know, like (laughs) he really does well on the pass rush, but not on the the run anyway. So like, but you, like the, the nerds know that stuff, but like your offensive line, nobody really knows their name until what happens until the quarterback gets sacked. Mm. Then all of a sudden their name gets mentioned on TV. Like, Oh man, he didn't get his block, but they didn't realize that he blocked that dude every other play of the entire game except that one time. Okay. And I equate that to whenever like the mic isn't unmuted whenever somebody walks on stage mm-hmm. or when the lights do something funky or the lyrics aren't right. Like what they forget is every other verse, chorus, bridge of the entire day was perfectly put up there yeah. except for that one that got skipped on accident. And the tendency is, is to like turn around and be like, what's wrong? Why can't you get it together? Reality yeah. is they got it together. They just, they made a human mistake. And so I have like a ton of compassion for people in production because they don't get the accolades of being on stage and people don't see them in the hallway and be like, Oh wow, you really killed it with the lights today. No, they don't, they don't get that. Um, and so I, I just, I love our production team. We have an incredible team. We're very blessed to have a team that that gets it, that understands what they're doing mm-hmm. and they carry themselves well and, and they really serve well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, as a worship leader, you know, I can easily be seen as like prideful or like demanding if, and so I'm very careful about just being like, Hey, I need this in my ears or can we do this or that or whatever. And I just, I just want to honor what they're doing mm-hmm. because yeah. it's so important Cause it's silly to think a quarterback doesn't need his offensive line, you know, and we all have different roles to play and, and we're just a piece of a part of the body. Of Christ. Yeah. And So anyway, it's uber important that the relationship between worship and production is just almost seamless. Mm-hmm. And I would say it would do a worship pastor, leader people on worship team to be, intentional about building relationships with the production team going back and hanging out between services with the production team get to know them just like your worship team and just to take down that assumed wall or gap between production and worship as though it's two different things Mm -hmm. it's one and the same and we're all just playing different roles so it's so vital um, Mm -hmm. because there are going to be moments that are like scary where you don't have signal to a keyboard you know and you got to the sound guys has gotta get involved, that happens Sunday. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it could be our end, it could be their end, but we don't really have a lot of time to like, we need to all be working together, chasing down different things. And if, if there's a bitterness in, in between the teams and there, then that just impedes progress mm-hmm. and it makes everybody on edge. And then that comes off from the stage. Mm-hmm. And then say it doesn't come off from the stage and you fake it, well, well then even within the ministry, there's just hardened hearts. Mm-hmm. That it's just not healthy. And yeah. it just creates an unhealthy environment. So it's very important that you foster a relationship of just a being kind and appreciation at the least mm-hmm. for those that work in production. But but to foster friendships and yeah. really let them know how much you appreciate it. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
0: for sure. So speaking of friends, how is it working with friends within a church? Because like we, I mean... We're best friends and a lot of our friends work at church, but like, how have you seen that help or hurt?
2: Um, I think it has its its pros and its cons for sure. I mean, with friends, there's a little more, obviously a bit of a bit more rapport with that person. Um, and you understand that person better and you, it, it kind of eliminates some of the initial, just learning about a person learning how they work and learning learning their thought process Mm -hmm. um so it kind of eliminates that gets that out of the way Uh, but i I mean i think too like it can also create some tension sometimes because you you hang out with that person outside of work and you you know sometimes the like the old adage of taking your work home with you um if you bring it into your friendships that can that can be dicey if, if it was a bad day at work or mm-hmm. if uh, you had a disagreement with them on something, you know, something like that. So you, you just have to be aware of uh, protecting that and, and keeping things from work at work mm-hmm. and having those boundaries mm-hmm. in place so that when we're hanging out, when we're being friends, we're just friends and, and we're yeah. not thinking about work. And That's, I mean, I feel like that's with any job. You don't want to think about work when you're, when you're not at work um, unless, unless you absolutely have to but yeah I think it's important to just guard those things guard that time and be conscious of uh, when moments are a friend moment and when moments are a work moment yeah Yeah. I think
0: I think something that like I've noticed our group did especially when we pretty much were all on staff at the same point because I mean there was a time where what like five or six of us in our friend group were like all on staff and we all happen to work for the creative department. So we worked together and we would talk and then we noticed it would slip into like work talk. And we finally had to put a boundary up of like, hey, I love that we have these ideas, but like we're not working right now, you know? and. Mm-hmm. I think that's hard because as creatives, you're constantly thinking of new ideas or thinking of what's coming up, you know? But um, yeah. And I I think it's also like a lot of people care so much about their volunteers that they think about them outside or they see a post on Instagram and they're like, Hey, this reminds me I need to talk to you about this person. And you're like, hold on. Like, make a note of it, like, I know Kelsey and I have literally made notes, and we're like, when you're ready to talk about work, we have work yeah. notes, but you know, we got, like, at work, I'm like, I have a friend question, is that okay? <laughs> but just to, like, kind of break it up, because I know for me, I have a hard time separating yeah. because, I mean, I'm single, I'm live just with my roommate, you know, but, like, I don't have, like, a lot of stuff outside of work that isn't tied to work, so, like, yeah. a lot of my friends work there and stuff, and so it's it's been hard to find how to separate you know and but i think it does help the dynamic like it is fun
2: yeah i think too like kind of what you said the uh, the main difference between working in ministry and working really any other job um is it, you're usually involved deeply within that ministry and within that church and mm-hmm. so your your heart is invested in it it's a lot more than just a job it's it's a place where you find community and belonging and, and meaning and so you have a lot of heart ties to that place and to that workplace. yeah. Um, and so those things can get misconstrued a lot of the time. And so it's definitely important and I think extremely healthy to to parse those things out in your mind and, and making sure you're um, not over investing yourself, but also not devaluing it at the same yeah. time. Yeah. Sure. yeah. Yeah. It's been really cool watching y'all, you, you know, with your friends that are involved in,
1: you know, production, creative, and worship. like it seems like it's energizing to you, you know, but at the same time, it's cool. You all have to put some boundaries up and like, Hey, we need to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I can see it go both ways. It's a beautiful thing when you can do ministry with your friends, um, because it's like, it's, it can be a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, it can be energizing, but I also think that, you know, you gotta be careful hanging out with friends. Cause you tend to, with friends, you tend to like share burdens with them mm-hmm. and burdens could be ministry. Mm-hmm. And, talk could go in a negative way and you could talk about people and, and situations in the name of ministry that create a just a negativity that I've, I've seen that among friend groups in ministry that yeah. it just kind of it's a just a slippery slope to start talking about things and that so you just got to be careful you know and be mindful of, um, of what you're discussing and uh, I th- I th- that's what' I've, I've experienced. I did partner with my friend to help plant a church. Uh, we were best friends in high school, and it was cool at first. I remember Emily when you know he picked us up from the airport. He asked my wife Emily, you know, or Emily was like, "What do y'all want to do when you disagree?" And Ben, my friend, was like, "We'll just work it out. Let's we'll work it out." And, <laughs> and I, and I was like, "Yeah, I don't know." <laughs> like, and 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 I'll be honest, you know, he'd probably say the same thing. It didn't necessarily end on great terms, you know. Yeah. I mean, I can call him up today, but it, you know, we're in a good place now. But it was a big strain on our, and part of it was the, the setup. We were co-pastors. Yeah. And so it just, co-leading something has its own dynamics that are really challenging. Yeah, And so it, um, so it can be awesome and it can be awful. And mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, you want to make sure that your, your friendship, friendships are for life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Jobs, ministry positions are not yeah. usually. And so. You wanna make sure that you honor the Lord in your friendships mm-hmm. while you're doing ministry.
0: Yeah. All right. It's time for the hot seat here. Okay. Um, what is one of your most embarrassing stage moments?
2: Take pick. I know, right? <laughs>
0: I just, I feel like we all have a lot that the world needs to know. So so mine, I'll, I'll go first. Um, we were doing I Thank God at summer camp last year. And I was doing the girl part of the hell, that's the one I am free. And um, I was really trying to get the kids into it. And I was really out of breath because it was the last night. So like I was jumping, you know, and I was trying to like do the like, you say the first few words of the song, you know, and then they were like, oh yeah, that part's coming up. Well, I forgot to say what it was supposed to be. And I screamed in the mic, say, oh hell. And then
2: <laughs> <Yes>.
0: <laughs> there were like, <laughs> Six hundred kids here. I I realized what ah, I did ah, in the moment, no and I was worries. like, "I'm gonna go crawl in a hole." Now, so like every oh, time now that we lead that song, I'm like, yeah. "Do not say that. Do not say
2: that." <laughs> That's funny. yep, yep. Um, I think one time during a, like I think it was a college service. I we were walking out. It was a very quiet moment. Like, the keyboard players like padding. And it's very intimate. And I go to put my guitar on my strap breaks oh, no. and I dropped my guitar <laughs> and it was extremely loud dude. Um, and we were in uh, Tucker Theater in MTSU oh, which is like
1: echoing there's no way to hide it's, it's like, like a, a cavern man yeah
2: and you know it's like a wooden stage for like yeah. theater so it's like Kind of hollow, so it just booms. And
0: there's actually a basement under it, yeah. So it's like, yeah, yeah. So
2: people definitely heard it. (laughs) (laughs) There's no way to hide that. Just have to pick it up. That's funny, put it back on, get
0: back to it. But yeah, yeah, that's
1: pretty great. You know, when you're as old as I am, it is really (laughs) hard to sift through all these things. You know, I, I was playing at this church as a guest leader in Chicago, and um. We were doing Glorious Day and we didn't have a track, but we, we had a click, thank goodness. But I started playing it and it starts with just acoustic and nobody else was playing with it. It was very exposed, but I started playing it. And I started on the wrong note on the guitar. And so I was singing the wrong melody in the wrong key. And when I got to the G chord, I was like, you're halfway through the verse at that point.
2: <laughs> I hit the G chord
1: and I was in the wrong key completely. Oh, no! And I just, I just stopped everything. I was like, hey y'all, we're gonna stop. We're just gonna stop. <laughs> that was a mistake. Yeah. We're, you know, God has the angels in heaven that sing and play perfectly. We're human. So, we're
0: on Earth right now. You know, <laughs> <on> earth,
1: <laughs> just to remind us, we're just gonna start yeah. this thing over. And, yeah. You know what's interesting though, in those type of moments, they draw people in. Oh know? yeah. And and they were with us the rest of the night. It was. Yeah. It was a beautiful thing. But, yeah. yeah. I you had. I learned to roll with it.
0: I had a, a worship leader tell me. Um, right before I took over the student ministry position at and they were like, hey, if you wanna connect with the kids, like just be honest with them, like be real, not just like off the stage, but like while you're on stage, like if you mess up, call it out, like have those moments. Cause like, they're gonna be like, all right, she's a normal person. She's not just this worship leader, you know? And um, I think my kids really think I'm really like awkward and embarrassing because of some of the stuff that I say, but then they laugh and now they just know that that's like my personality, you Mm -hmm. know? But, um, I found that was like one of the things that helped me the most was like call those out and be like, Hey, I totally sang all that wrong just now. Or, um, I think like recently we had, um, our keys player, hit a button on accident on the keyboard and then it started this like weird synth pad like thriller from Michael Jackson kind of deal and so he went to play it and I locked eyes with one of my kids and her head just like tilted and I started trying not to laugh like singing and second line I lost it and it was like a super down serious song and I was like we're just gonna restart the whole thing and yeah it was just like moments like that that you know, it's like, all right, cool. They don't have it all together. <laughs> they might have the ears, but they don't. They don't know what's happening either yeah, with with true. stuff yeah. like that. So
2: people tend to appreciate that. Yeah, being honest. Yeah, oh, we we missed that one.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: not too honest. You know. Yeah,
2: just, but
0: yeah. That was a like synchronized, yeah, by yeah. the way. Same pitch and everything. Good job. That,
1: that's that the worship words.
0: leader MD kind of synchronization is. there.
1: That's
0: right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what are you guys excited to see happen in the church in the coming years? Whether it's like next year, five years, 50.
1: Hmm. That's an interesting question.
0: Um, I think when you were talking about our student ministry and how it's been growing, I think mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see those kids go into college and... Mm-hmm and young mm-hmm. adult age and see like, what they carry from like this time in their lives to yeah. going out on college campuses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I think anytime you see an explosion of growth and life change like that, it, it excites you for what could happen next. And for sure. How that could you know spread and grow legs and go even further than mm-hmm. you could ever think or imagine like that. Scripture tells us that God is always doing much more than we can ever see, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's just the
1: beginning of something really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. You know, when you ask that, I, I think I just, I go to what I would like to see.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And what I would like to see is a generation that passes the torch well. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what I would like to see. And I, I've been in the middle of a generation where we've had a gap. And the gap has been illustrated by musical style. That's the outward piece of it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, that's the obvious thing. Where you know one generation likes cert a certain style of music, certain songs, and another generation likes a certain style of certain songs. And and I would say that there wasn't a good passing of the torch. Mm. And that's most illustrated, I think, in our seminaries. Yeah. Our seminaries have not created, like did not keep up with how the church was changing. And as a result, we've missed the generation, my age and younger, that have do not have a pathway into ministry through worship ministry mm. in seminaries and Bible colleges. Mm. It is catching up now. It is beginning to catch up, but for years it hasn't. And right now there's a gap. There's a. I was talking to a. Uh, there's a, there are organizations out there that help staff churches. Mm-hmm. I was talking to one of the, the main guys at one of them, like Vanderblumen or something. Anyway, I just said uh, I was talking to him about how he, I said it's hard to find good worship leaders, isn't it? He said no. He said it's not hard to find worship leaders. He said he said it's hard to find good worship leaders. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that what he said goes beyond like just an ability
2: mm-hmm. to stand on
1: stage and deliver us. It, it goes into a, a deeper place where there hasn't been, like because there hasn't been a pathway for worship leaders through seminaries mm-hmm. and Bible colleges, there is a, a missing depth of heart and understanding of scripture and of knowledge that is is truly required in order to adequately lead the body of Christ into the presence of God.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And what we have is an imposter syndrome that doesn't understand their imposters. Yeah. They stand on stage and haven't really gone themselves to the place where they are trying to take a people. Mm-hmm. They are simply able to sing lyrics and melodies in a way that is pleasant to the ears yeah. and to our earthly understanding, but we miss. And so we depend on the songs, the anointing of the songs to take us in mm-hmm. versus the anointing and the understanding and wisdom of the leader that guides the way. So that's, you ask a question, what do you see? I, What I hope, what I see is what I hope yeah can happen is a better passing of the torch yeah. so
0: yeah. that's so good
2: Yeah.
0: so i have one last question for both of you i ask everybody that comes on and it's a two-parter so what brings you joy and what is something coming up that you're looking forward to
2: mm-hmm. i love hanging out with my family and christmas and thanksgiving that's always fun
1: oh yeah yeah
2: the yeah. worst you get to eat a lot of food
0: right
1: of food.
2: let's go
0: and the naps are just like a given after the food too. That's right. yeah.
2: yeah. Turkey yeah. induced comas.
0: Yeah. There you go.
2: <laughs> you know it's
1: funny. As soon as you asked that, I was like, "Oh, dinner is in the. Loop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really looking forward to it. I think we're having salmon. Yeah. It's gonna be good. I think I'm preparing it on the Traeger. Anyway, yeah. Like, I'm looking forward to. It. You know, I'm looking forward to, there's a song that we're singing this Sunday that we wrote yeah. in our, you know, one of our thing. I think that's going to be special. I think it's really yeah. special. Like I sent that email out to the team that wrote it and mm-hmm. it's like, that's, there's just something to that. Like being a songwriter, I, I love that. It's fun, mm-hmm. but also I love seeing other people experience that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just going to be really special to those yeah. that hear this song and the mm-hmm. It helped birth it. And so I think that's, yeah. I'm looking forward to, in light of that, our rights this fall yeah. and seeing who the Lord leads as far as like professional songwriter to come and kind of speak into everybody. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be a really fun thing. And we've yeah. got a Christmas song we're working on that I think is going to be neat. And, um, I don't focus on songwriting right now, but I I just think that's a really cool thing that yeah, from sure. within, you know, um, we're able to come together and say, what is it that the Lord's laying on our hearts to lead those he has called us to lead and that's special that's special that's more special than just finding a song you know new music friday and being like oh here we'll serve this up and it's Mm -hmm. good but it's like there's just something to it where we're able to do it from within yeah so Mm -hmm.
0: that's so cool Well, thank you guys both for being on my podcast.
1: Thanks for asking. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm honored to be on it. This is the title.
0: (laughs) All my favorite people. Yeah. Yeah. You made the list. Made the cut.
1: Yeah. Wow. I was wondering this list.
0: Yeah. You're welcome. It's an honor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. You guys can find Daniel's music on any streaming platform, and you can find Jacob tagged all over my Instagram. Right. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for listening. Have a good day.